Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast. And this will be part two of Confessions of a Lady Preacher, Secrets of the Ministry. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We want to let you know about next week's program. Hopefully next week I will have all the hosts of the Prophecy Zone radio network on, and we will be discussing the end times and all the events that are happening that pertain to uh, Armageddon, World War III, the arrival of the Antichrist, um, the uh, financial mess that uh, the world is in. So we see so many signs of his coming And uh, we can only say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and get us out of here. But it's it's kind of an odd thing, really, when you think about it, because as born-again believers, we do believe in heaven, but yet none of us are anxious to go there as far as uh, we don't want to die and uh, we don't want our loved ones to die. So uh, although we believe in heaven and we believe it's a wonderful place, (laughs) most of us are in no real hurry to get there uh, when you think about it. It's sad to uh, think of people that we love passing away and um, we know that uh, Jesus Christ makes a home for us in heaven. But while we're here on the earth, we have to uh, try to do what we can do to uh, tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to let you know that the chat room is open, and I do see a caller on the line, so I'll be taking that call. Caller, just hold on for a few minutes, and I'll be taking your call in about about two minutes. So uh, we we see some uh, news. Um, There's so much news to tell you about, and I will be discussing that today. Also... um, I want to let you know about our website, propheticnews.com. There's many wonderful articles there. Uh, You'll have a good time going through most of them, and you'll find out some very interesting things uh, to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, we have a YouTube channel, and that YouTube channel is Jonah. T for Tom 48, and uh, there's some great videos there. Also, um, we're on Twitter. I don't spend that actually spend that much time on Twitter, uh, Twitter, but you can hear us on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Prophecy Zone radio network. So um, before I get started here, I'm going to take this call and uh, see what the caller has to say. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello, Susan. Yes. Who is Uh, this? This is Steve uh, from uh, California. Oh, hi, Steve. Hi. I'm, I'm a regular caller. At least I've been listening for the past three Three weeks, I guess that makes me a regular. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's good. Thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, well, I I know I. The reason I, I started tuning in was because uh, uh, 
researching uh, the tithing subject, and I saw your your uh, blogs come up because I do a lot of blogging, and and uh, I'm just hoping that uh, one day you'll invite me on as a as a guest because uh, I've uh, really accumulated uh, a great amount of knowledge on the subject, and hopefully we can get into that. Yeah, and I would say uh, in the next few weeks I've invited all, uh, my uh, guest Robin Hare back on, and uh, we plan to do a program on uh, tithing. So uh, if you'd like to uh, call in, just keep looking. Um, I would say within the next two or three weeks I'll have her back on. Okay, I I am uh, new to this uh, format, this uh, radio blogging. I, I know every time I call in, because I listen on the phone, I don't, uh, uh, I, I don't have any other way of following following the program. And I call in, and it says uh, if you want to uh, uh, get on the radio uh, and talk to you, to press number one. But I, I have not talked. I mean, I have not pressed number one, and so I, I wonder what on your side. Tells you oh well, I just see the number that there's somebody ho- uh, holding to get on the air. Uh-huh. So then I just uh, click on the microphone. So I I have no wa- way of knowing except if you put if you can you see the chat room or you just you can uh, just, you call in on your phone. No. There's okay. Somebody no. Else on the line? no. But usually if you if else. you wanted to type me a note in the chat room, then I would know. But I would say just to call in. Um, Look uh, on the uh, show, the upcoming shows, and there'll be uh, a show in the next two or three weeks on tithing and giving. So you can call in then and join the discussion. How's that? Okay. The the chat room. How, how do I get into the chat room? I only see uh, on the blog talk it uh, has the little arrow. You have to sign but, in. You can either sign in you, as a guest. Uh huh. Yeah, or uh, click it, click the uh, sign in, and you might have to register, and then you can uh, join the chat room. Otherwise, if you don't okay. sign in, you can see the chat room, but you won't be able to write anything. Oh, I won't be able to write anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I anybody wants to be, join uh, the chat room, you have to uh, go to Blog Talk Radio, and uh, if you go to my uh, show page prophetic news then you'll and this particular program you'll see the chat room on the bottom as you scroll down and then you you'll have to sign in it'll say register or log in <clears throat> but if you're not registered you'll you'll have to register so you can use the chat room otherwise you can just see it but you won't be able to make any comments so uh where are you uh, located where's uh where do you uh, do your radio show from just what We're state from florida florida the state of Florida, yeah. Okay, so now so I that's have our you time located. zone, Eastern Standard Time. I'm what three hours later in the West, but uh, yeah, yes, I look forward to uh, your programs on the tithing. Hopefully, uh, I'll be able to contribute uh, some to that. Okay, um, then. Just and, call uh, in and put you Appreciate your program, on. and I and I hope you don't go anywhere because we need your ministry. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank Thank you, Susan. All right. God bless. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, then. So uh, we just want to let you know that if you want to uh, join the chat room, just go to the uh, show page, Prophetic News, on Blog Talk Radio, and log in or register, and then you can make comments. And we appreciate your comments, your phone calls, uh, we appreciate all that. So uh, even if you have an opposing view, I don't mind. I mean, I, mean, I don't care if uh, somebody doesn't agree with me. Uh, I know for myself, uh, being in the Word of Faith movement for over 15 years, uh, I had people that didn't agree with the Word of Faith movement. They were still my friends. And actually those people really helped me because they gave me different books to read and I can tell you some of the books uh, that really helped me to uh, come out of the error that I was in. Uh, One particular book 
is called A Different Gospel. Uh, I can't remember the author right now, but uh, that's an excellent book because the um, the person that wrote that book was a, uh, I think he was on the board or uh, a professor at ORU at one time, and he started, he was doing a paper, I think, on the Word of Faith movement, and he came to find out there were so many errors, and uh, that book really helped me because you couldn't deny he had all his facts straight. <laughs> he lined everything up, and uh, it was very, very interesting. Also, Seduction of Christianity, that, that book helped me. I think that was Dave Hunt, Christianity in Crisis. Hank Hanegraaff, which I, I don't totally agree with uh, Hank Hanegraaff at this point, but th- that book was very good. And um, so there's some good people out there. God has good people. Um, he doesn't. There's some. <laughs> I mean, there's some bad people out there. And uh, those are the people that we want to warn you about because uh, there's many wolves uh, out there taking advantage of the sheep. And God is not pleased with that. Uh, We believe in uh, open confrontation because I can't call uh, Eddie Long up on the telephone. He won't talk to me. I can't call Mike Murdoch up on the telephone. He won't talk to me. I can't call up Paula White on the telephone. She won't talk to me. I can't call (laughs) TBN. Uh, Jan and Paul Crouch up on the telephone, they won't talk to me. So many of these people, they will not talk to you, uh, even if you try to get to them at a meeting to say something to them. Uh, Some of them have bodyguards. You can't even talk to them. You can't approach them. Um, So I use the Internet. Uh, I'm sure many of these people have heard my programs or have viewed my YouTube videos, so um, I can talk to them that way, and uh, I hope that some of them take to heart what we're saying and change, because I know God had to change me. Now, I was in full-time ministry for many, many years and held hundreds of services around the world, so I was uh, active. Uh, No, I wasn't famous or wealthy, I didn't go there. Uh, I thought about going there, but God stopped me. (laughs) God stopped me, and uh, I gave up uh, full-time ministry in uh, 1997. I took myself out of it because I didn't want to wind up selling the gospel for fame and fortune. And so I would say it's very difficult for most of these people to do what I did or do what others have done to um, make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and for what's true. I don't preach for offerings anymore. I don't care if uh, people give me an offering or not because uh, that doesn't matter. I'm not going to uh, compromise what I have to say just to get an offering. And so that's where so many preachers go wrong it, because you know that if you start teaching against uh, tithing or you're telling uh, the truth about tithing, if you want to tithe, that's your business. I don't, I don't care. God doesn't care if you tithe or not. But you're not required to uh, pay 10% to uh, anybody. You're told uh, to give with a cheerful heart and give because you want to and be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We know. I don't know why people are so opposed to that kind of a thing because uh, it's called free will giving, and we have a free will. I can hear from the Holy Ghost. I don't need the pastor to, to hear from the Holy Ghost for me or anybody else. I uh, I can make my own decisions about who I want to bless. And uh, we just see too much pimping of the gospel uh and and it's really quite sad um i wrote down a, a few things that i wanted to go over with you today because 
during my time, 15 years, in the uh, Word of Faith movement, I traveled to many countries of the world, and uh, I traveled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, attended one of uh, Kenneth Hagin's Word of Faith conferences. Uh, while I was in Tulsa, I saw the, um, at that time it was when Oral Roberts had his hospital there, which uh, since went bankrupt. I, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a, a hospital where you pray for people, and um, I wasn't opposed to that. I was opposed to the way they raised the money, but um, also uh, while I was in Tulsa, I visited Carlton Pearson's church. This is before Carlton Pearson um whether or not he was ever really saved, I don't know, because now he's become a universalist, and he believes that everybody gets saved in the end, whether they confess Jesus Christ or not. He's also uh, openly accepted uh, homosexuality as a uh, lifestyle that's approved by God. I'm not saying he's a homosexual. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he has said that uh, you can be a Christian and a homosexual. Well, you can't. You can't be a Christian and an adulterer. You you can't live in constant adultery and uh, call yourself a Christian because it's wrong. And we know that we are supposed to know the difference between right and wrong. And um, we, uh, we try to do what's right. So... Uh, you know, we God set has has rules and we have to follow those rules because after all he is God so he knows what he's talking about. We don't we don't hate homosexuals, but why should anybody have to identify themselves by their sexuality? For instance, I don't when I introduce myself, I don't say, "Hi, I'm Susan and uh, I'm a heterosexual." You know, <laughs> That's not the way I define myself. I don't, I don't think anybody should define themselves by their sexuality. That That's not who you are. Uh, but uh, anyway, the Bible does speak against homosexuality, and uh, we're seeing so much homosexuality in the church, or I don't know if that really is the church. I, I can't reconcile it. Uh, for instance, Eddie Long was accused of homosexual relations with some of the young men in his church, and he paid millions of dollars in hush money. He was being sued, and then instead of going to court to vindicate himself, he paid the hush money. But the Bible says your sin will find you out. Anybody could forgive Eddie Long if he would just come clean and repent and... Uh, get right with God, get saved, or whatever he needs to do, but yet he denies what he's doing, and uh, he's still being invited. He was just invited to uh, speak at a conference in South Africa, which uh, it's ridiculous that anybody would invite this man. But uh, even years ago, when uh, I was licensed and ordained with uh, Robert Lairdon's ministry, and Roberts was a young man from Tulsa, Oklahoma, who wrote a book. I think his book was called I Saw Heaven, and he claims that he went to heaven and he saw Jesus and he saw all these things in heaven. And uh, yet Roberts wound up, uh, he was pastoring a church in California, and he wound up um, sleeping with his youth pastor. And actually they were living together while he was pastoring, while any, while any red flags didn't go up then, uh, these two guys are living together and uh, teaching at a Bible college, pastoring a church, and the other one's a youth pastor. I don't know what happened to Roberts. I, I met him uh, a few times, of course, like I said, I was licensed and ordained with his ministry for a few years, but... The, the, uh, and I liked Roberts. I, he had a, a great personality. He preached holiness. He preached. He was single. I think he still is single. And he preached uh, holiness. And uh, you know, he really had some great 
sermons. He he actually did a teaching series um, about preachers who fail and why they fail. And uh, I was shocked when I found out um, that he actually got into homosexuality and it wasn't just like a casual thing. He was living with this guy for a long time. And uh, this is not gossip. This is something that he's confessed. Uh, it, it really hurt. It really hurt because I, I I couldn't understand knowing myself what the call of God means when uh, you know that you're doing something for God. You have a uh, a public life, and what will your legacy be? Uh, it's just like uh, Zachary Timms. He passed away about a week ago, uh, found dead in a hotel room in uh, New York City, and uh, they did an autopsy. Well, so far they couldn't find any natural cause of death, but they suspect that it was a drug overdose. Um, The thing is, very sad, very, very sad, 42-year-old man with a big church, thousands of people, a regular on TBN, and uh, why? What's his legacy? When you read the newspaper stories, the legacy is found dead with a um, envelope, a powdery substance in his pocket, and uh, he had a had an affair with a stripper for a year. Well, I don't want that to be my legacy. Uh, I'm not. I don't want. Uh, I doubt that when I die, any anybody will report on my death. But I wouldn't want my people to say, well. We remember Susan. We we remember that she came to our church, or we we heard her on a radio program. But uh, remember that she she did this or or she did that. I don't want to be remembered that way. I think it's very important that we take our walk with God seriously, and the fact that we are out there publicly ministering to people. Um, I don't want to be caught with drugs. I don't want to be caught in a hotel room with someone. I know those things are wrong. I made I made an agreement with the Lord a long time ago when I first gave my heart to the Lord that I was going to try with all my heart to live a, uh, a righteous, holy life, and uh, especially when it comes to the area of sexual sin, you have to be careful because those things will catch up with you. You have to remember... There's two people involved in uh, sexual sin. So if you uh, you can't cover it up, you might say, uh, you might try to cover it up, but then the other person can come out years later when you're appearing on a TV program or going to a church to preach, and uh, they say, well, yeah, I know about her or him. I was with them. And uh, so... God will forgive you. I'm not saying God will, won't forgive you. He will forgive you. But I think that if we're do, trying to do anything for God, we have to try to be careful that we don't bring a reproach to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know none of us are perfect. We've all missed the mark. Yes, we all have. But I think we we need to really try to develop the fruits of the Spirit and uh, do what's right. It doesn't make any sense, um, and I don't understand it at all. I don't understand how someone can be a, a rich and famous preacher and have it all, and yet they can't uh, they can't control themselves. They can't. The works of the flesh have been made manifest, and they can't say no to sin. We have to say no to sin. There's other people who uh, are watching our lives. There's other people that we influence. And um, we have to try to do our best to to have a good testimony. So um, I'm surprised that um, it was very sad about Zachary Timms and uh, I don't know why he died. I I I I would say that it was probably a drug overdose. Uh, I think 
that uh, since they were releasing those details uh, when the toxicology report comes back, I'm not saying he was a drug addict. I don't know. I mean, it could have been a, just a one time he decided that he was going to go out and get himself some cocaine or whatever, and uh, he, he dropped dead on the hotel room floor. Um, very, very sad. Uh, that shouldn't happen. But um, also, like I was saying about uh, Robert Slairdon, uh, I, I mean, I just I couldn't believe it uh, about him. And that uh, was very sad. He did take himself out of uh, ministry uh, for a long time. I guess his church dwindled down to nothing in his Bible college. But uh, he's now back out uh, with just about a full-time schedule and heading up a uh, Bible school in London at Kensington Temple, one of the biggest uh, charismatic churches in London. But I... Uh, I couldn't understand <laughs> that. Uh, couldn't figure that one out. But uh, fame is a very tempting thing. And uh, money, the love of money, it's not money itself, but it's the love of money is the root of all evil, the love of money. Also, uh, during my time uh, in full-time ministry, uh I was invited to uh, preach at Happy Church a few times for their singles, at their singles conferences. I think uh, I did three or four of them. Um, And, of course, Marilyn Hickey and her husband, Wally, were the pastors there. But I only met Marilyn briefly. I didn't really know her, but I liked her. I thought she, there was another lady that she could quote the word. Uh, I mean, Marilyn... She could quote, uh, quote books of the Bible by heart. She knew the Word of God, and um, she was a very pleasant, seemed like a very pleasant, happy person. But a few years ago, Marilyn had a nervous breakdown, um, and I asked the Lord about that. Uh, why, why did she have a nervous breakdown? And I believe with all my heart that God was trying to get her attention to uh, because. I was alarmed a few times when I would call to Marilyn Hickey's prayer line for prayer, and they wouldn't pray for me unless I gave them my name and my address to sign up for their mailing list. Well, you know why they wanted to put you on their mailing list, so they could solicit money from you and start sending you appeal letters. Well, I I thought that was really awful, that I had to sign up, for a mailing list to get prayer. In other words, we'll pray for you, but you're going to have to pay for it down the line. And uh, somebody was telling me uh, that the same thing with CBN when they called the 700 Club for prayer, and they wouldn't pray for her until she put her name on the mailing list. Well, don't have a prayer line. Uh, what? Don't have a prayer line if you don't really – don't use the prayer line as a fundraising gimmick. It's disgusting. Uh, and, and so many of these ministries, that's the only reason they have a prayer line, is so that they can get your name and address and send you an appeal letter. So don't have a prayer line if you don't really want to pray for people. Don't bother, because we don't need to uh, be charging people then yet to pray for them. That's one of the confessions of a lady preacher, is watch out for the prayer line. If they make you give your name and your address, hang up, pray for yourself, or uh, find somebody at church to pray for you. Because you see that uh, we can't have to stay away from people that are are, uh, what I call pimps in the pulpit. If they're trying to pimp you for money, for ministry, then get away from these people. Either these people need to repent or go away. Just go away. Get another job. But don't Use the gospel of Jesus Christ for your own gain to take advantage of people that are suffering and that are hurting. There's no place for that. And I think that we need to make a change and uh, boycott these ministries. Just 
boycott them. If you see them, if you happen to be in one of their meetings, go up to them or whatever and have a word with them if you can get one and uh, just tell them what they're doing if is wrong with they, when they start with this uh, seed faith and uh, give me $1,000 and God will bless you. It's just like I heard uh, Mike Murdoch the other day and he was saying, if what I have said about seed faith is not the truth, then let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I'm only saying this for Mike Murdoch's gain, well, you know he's lying right there because he's telling you to send your money to him. You have to give the you have to give the uh, $58 blessing or the $1,000 blessing to him in order for God to bless you. But if he really believed that that you can sow a seed and God will meet your need, well, then he would tell you to give it to uh, your next-door neighbor or uh, send it to a missionary. He wouldn't tell you to give it to him. So Mike Murdoch's a liar, and uh, I'll say it because he is, and he needs to repent. But you know that uh, sometimes we, we do have to confront people. Uh, I I went uh, to a church in Colorado, and uh, the pastor, we were at a wedding one time, and he was drinking champagne at the wedding. And um, there was a few people in our congregation that were alcoholics. Now, they were having a, a problem with alcohol. So I had uh, mentioned it to the associate pastor about the drinking and uh, only because, now I didn't care if he had a drink, if he wanted a drink at home, that's his business, you know. But uh, in public, in front of your congregation, when there's people having a problem with drinking, I'm not advocating drinking because I don't, I mean, I don't advocate drinking. No, I don't advocate drinking. But uh, anyway, I had mentioned it to the associate pastor just because that a few people had commented to me that they were having a problem with drinking and yet the uh, pastor was drinking. And uh, so then the associate pastor mentioned it to the pastor and he was angry at me. I mean, he 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 I have to say he probably hated me. <laughs> I don't know if he still does. <laughs> he disliked me for a long time after that. And uh, he did a few things to me to try to hurt me, to try to get back at me for that. Now, I didn't do that because uh, I didn't like him. I did it because they had, there was people in our church that were alcoholics. They were having a problem with alcohol. They couldn't take one drink. And yet to see the pastor drinking in public in front of them, that was very difficult because then they could rationalize in their own mind that, well, look, if he can drink, I can drink too. And so the Bible says that if we're going to do something to cause our brother to stumble, not to do it. So uh, that's why I say if if he wanted to have a glass of champagne at home, and uh, not that I advocate drinking because I don't, but... He wouldn't have hurt anybody, only himself. And uh, so you, as people will say, well, if there's, if you have an issue with a brother, go to the brother. Yes, I, I believe you should go to the brother. But it's very hard for people to receive correction, especially pastors, for some reason. I don't know. They get this thing in their head that you can't approach them. They get this uh, Messiah complex where uh, they think they can do no wrong. And uh, But it was okay, but yeah, it's okay for them to come to you if you're doing something or they think you're doing something and you have to receive the correction from them, but yet they won't receive it from you. But the Bible says we're to submit one to another, so we should be able to uh, tell each other things, but it's very difficult to approach someone that has a public ministry, especially a a famous public ministry, uh, they will get offended and they will try to um, hurt you. Uh, I saw that in another church that I was in in uh, Bradenton, Florida, where uh, they they had 
many, many conferences, and some of their favorite conference speakers were people like Mike Murdoch and Miles Monroe and uh, some other of the um, pulpit pimps. And um, now I tried to approach the pastor a few times about what, where is it in the Bible that we have to give people money to get God to give us miracles? Well, that's not in the Bible. Uh, we don't have to pay for blessings. We don't have to sow seeds and try to make God do things for us. And um, so instead of you know praying about it or trying to find out if what he was doing wrong, he didn't care. He didn't. He could have cared less that he was inviting these people. And they were uh, basically conning the people in the church. And so then they get angry at you, and then they try to find a way to uh, make you look bad, to uh, come against you. Now, I actually had every year that I was at this church for three years, and every year I would have a conference there at the church that I sponsored, I paid for, and... uh, the third year that I had the conference, the pastor actually tried to undermine me by going to some of my speakers, my guest speakers, and uh, trying to uh, get them not to appear at my conference. And even he wouldn't even announce the fact that I was having a conference. He wouldn't even announce it. He, he We were having it on a – the opening night happened to be on – a church night, I was using another room in the building, and uh, he wouldn't even announce it from the uh, <laughs> from the pulpit that I was even having a conference. <laughs> I had been at this church for three years. I had actually signed an agreement when I joined this church that I was to be a member, I had to sign a piece of paper saying that to be a member I had to give 10% of my income. So I was giving my 10%, and I was a faithful member, and uh, they had known me for three years, or did they really know me? No, I doubt it, because they never really took the time to know me. Uh, But (laughs) anyway, I I could see where he started to try to undermine uh, things that I I was doing, and... uh, that was terrible. I have to tell you, that was terrible. But you know what? God, no matter what people try to do to you, God will vindicate you. Now, I wound up leaving leaving there. And uh, just recently, the, uh, the head of the ministry there, the father, I, I guess he's probably 80 years old, and, you know, a very lovely man, um he, all of a sudden he's being accused of child molestation uh that had been uh, going on for 3 years with a young girl an 11-year-old girl and uh yet uh people didn't stop going to church there uh they they're yet to have a trial uh from the evidence that's been displayed uh, the police report, the phone conversations, um, and it looks like he did it. Uh, of course, I'm going to wait to uh, see the um, what happens at the trial, but uh, there was a copy of a phone call that the young girl made to him where he basically confesses what he did, but yet they try to cover it up. Uh, the only reason I could think that this man would do this kind of thing is because he was getting... Alzheimer's and he didn't know what he was doing from the man that I knew when I was there I wouldn't think that he would ever do such a thing but uh, why? Why did this happen? And why did they try to cover it up? Is there any reason why any church should try to cover up any accusation of child molestation? No, we shouldn't try to cover these things up. I don't care who it is. If there's been an accusation, the accusation has to be thoroughly investigated. Uh, both parties, especially if you you have a church and there's children attending the church, uh, I certainly wouldn't want my child in a church where one where the elder was accused of uh, molesting the children and then he's still there preaching in the pulpit. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> 
That's ridiculous. I, I don't understand why anybody's even still going there. Uh, if they try to, uh, okay, bring the evidence, let's hear both parties, and let's find out if he's guilty. If he is guilty, then he needs to sit down and he needs to be taken out of public ministry. And uh, whatever else, uh, whatever other kind of uh, punishment goes along with it, if if the man uh, was getting dementia and he didn't know what he was doing, then that should be admitted. But why try to cover things up? We don't try to cover up child molesting. We don't do those kind of things. It, that is terrible. And uh, why why do we see so much? perversion in the uh in the so-called church today and and we see so much of it because when you start getting into error when you start teaching another gospel uh, it's just like Nebuchadnezzar um he wound up crawling on the ground with his hair was wild and his, his fingernails grew long and he was crawling on the ground like an animal uh, until he obeyed God and repented. So God will always try to get your attention. You can't take the gospel and use it for your own gain. You just can't do that. And if you do do that, you're going you're going to wind up losing your mind and uh, becoming a heretic, basically. And, and we see this happening. If you manage to... Um, turn on some of these uh, so-called Christian television programs, which aren't Christian. They've long ago departed from the faith. And and you see, when they start selling the gospel and selling blessings to raise money, uh, they start losing their mind. They start going off. The, because if you have any of God left inside of you and you start doing these things, Eventually, it has to drive you crazy because the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart and he's trying to tell you, convict you and and get you back to uh, loving the Lord Jesus Christ no matter if uh, you have money or or you get an offering or whatever. You're just doing the ministry because you love people and you realize that what we have, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a saving gospel. It's a healing gospel gospel. And what we have is so precious, and then to go and sell it, and then you claim to know God, and God is convicting you. He's giving you dreams. He's giving you visions. He's trying to shake you and uh, get you to repent, but yet, no, you won't repent. You keep staying in the deception. You keep staying with the manipulating. And what happens? You turn into a drug addict. You turn into an alcoholic. You turn into an adulterer or a fornicator, or a homosexual, or whatever, because you just you can't stand the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and you try to run from it. And so you run into all these alternative lifestyles, and uh, that's what we see happening. That's what we see happening. This is nothing. What, what we've seen with the, um, the death of uh, Zachary Timms and uh, the Eddie Long scandal, the other scandals that are yet coming, uh, God says that your sin will find you out. And trust me, the Lord will try to cover your sins. He will try to protect you so that people don't find out and it's not in the newspaper and it doesn't make the evening news because God is merciful. But eventually, for your own good, he will uncover that and your sin will find you out. And it's much worse. It's much worse after it's revealed. It's a lot easier to take yourself and put yourself down on your knees and cry out to God and ask God to help you. Ask him to help you. Swallow your pride. Pride is is an ugly thing. Pride is what uh, happened to Satan when he was in heaven. He was cast down because of his pride. And most people that achieve any kind of same in the ministry have so much pride so much pride and god hates pride it's an ugly thing it really is an ugly thing but we see so much of it don't go chasing after these preachers 
Don't go chasing after some healing ministry to get a healing. Only Jesus Christ can heal you. You can stay home and pray for yourself for free. You don't have to send anybody a seed faith offering or uh, go over to a a miracle crusade and get uh, Benny Hinn or somebody to lay hands on you because you can lay your hands on yourself and get healed. I believe Jesus is a healer. He's healed me many times. I've seen him do miracles. I am Pentecostal. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ is alive, and he heals people today just like he did when he walked on the earth. He's still in the miracle-working healing business, Yes, he is. He is a good God. Hallelujah. And uh, he has good things for people. But we don't sell it. And we don't get people chasing after us like we, we're some great thing with some great power uh, to do things for people. God says he uses the foolishness of preaching, 1 Corinthians one twenty one, And uh, the only thing I am, I'm a voice, but... I wouldn't be a voice if I didn't have a Bible. And so I can open my Bible and I can quote scripture and I want to thank God that he lets me do it. But it has nothing to do with me because I'm just a voice and I have a Bible. You have a Bible. Benny Hinn has a Bible. Uh, Paul Crouch has a Bible. John Hagee has a Bible. They all have Bibles. And uh, all they do is they're Bible readers. And But they're nothing great. They're just people. So there, there's only one great one. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if anybody tries to tell you any different, stop making idols out of preachers. I remember being in, uh, being in rooms or being in back rooms with famous preachers. And uh, <laughs> nobody wanted to talk to me. I was standing in the room, and I, I would start a conversation to some, but with someone, and and uh, they didn't even really want to talk to me. They 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 were just so enamored with the uh, famous preacher, and just were waiting to uh, get a few words from him. I actually I actually have been in uh, situations where they people were stampeding. They would actually step on your feet or whatever, knock you out of the way, so they could get. Uh, to say a word to some famous preacher. Well, <laughs> and that's ridiculous because they're just human. And and if you hung around them and some uh, some famous people that have been around, I, I found out pretty quick that they were just as normal as anybody else. I remember that being invited to go uh, to a, a well-known evangelist's house. And, oh, when I got to his house, I thought, wow, he's so spiritual. I was I was still a young Christian at the time, and I thought, oh, he's so spiritual. I bet when I get there, we're gonna, you know, probably be right, uh, reading the Bible <laughs> and quoting scripture, and oh, we're gonna have a good spiritual time. When I got there, they were, you now he was sitting there watching a football game. Uh, not, I mean, I love football too, but <laughs> you know, he he, there was nothing spiritual about that. He was watching a football game. And we were sitting around, and we were uh, having snacks, and he was yelling and screaming at the football game. And uh, I said, wow, oh, he's just a man. (laughs) Just a man like everybody else. Uh, A single man had the same kind of, uh, I didn't know why I was invited there. I found out later I was invited there uh, because he was interested in, uh, in me as a, a date or whatever. So I thought, wow, uh, you know, he's just a normal man, uh, not a not a, a god, a, a single man. And uh, so they're not spiritual all the time. They're not just you know spiritual all the time with uh, carrying the Bible and quoting scripture all the time. No, these are human beings. They're they're normal people, and uh, they make mistakes. But you have a Bible, I have a Bible, anybody can quote scripture. So that doesn't make anybody uh, anything special. But um, some of the other things, uh, (laughs) confessions of a lady preacher. Now, I had lived in Denver, and uh, actually I was telling you all last week that I had a um, television program in Denver and the Aspen area. 
and I had used the crew from TBN, a great bunch of people, um, the producer and the cameraman, or the director and the cameraman um, to help me with my TV program. I couldn't afford to use TBN Studio. It cost too much money. You, most people, average people in the ministry, can't afford to use these studios. They build them uh, because they want the other ministries in the town to use the facilities, but yet you couldn't afford to use it. I think here was a, a million-dollar building, a television production studio in Denver, excellent. Uh, production studio, beautiful cameras and facility, but yet it was closed for the most part all week long. Nobody really used it. Uh, on Friday morning, they did a local program there, so it was used then. But I think it was three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars an hour just to use the facility, and there was I think there was a three-hour minimum. So imagine fifteen hundred dollars just to produce a half-hour program, it would cost you $6,000 a month. Uh, fortunately, I was able to use the local cable access equipment there in Denver, the cameras in the studio, so I couldn't afford to use TBN Studio so much for a ministry that people's donations built, but yet they weren't offering it and saying, okay, here's a reasonable price to use this studio. No, they wanted to charge you something like $1,500 and so only only rich and famous people could use the facility, not just average people in the ministry that wanted to uh, preach the gospel. Yet they had this million-dollar building that they claimed, oh, look at our television facility there in Denver, and it was hardly ever being used. It was just sitting there for uh, the most part. Nobody was using it. And uh, But yet they want you to think, why in the world does any uh, – you only need one studio. You don't need ten studios. They have so many studios uh, in this country, multi-million dollar buildings that cost a fortune uh, to keep up. Anybody that owns a house knows that it costs a small fortune just to maintain a small house, never mind these large studios. And uh, all they need is one studio. They have all these studios that they never use. They 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 produce a program... Uh, daily, that's five programs. They can't be in their 10 or 15 studios uh, just wasting people's money. They just opened up a uh, biblical theme park here in Florida in the or Orlando area. And uh, I heard the other day, now just imagine this, that they were asking uh, one of the uh, players, they have plays there, and they were asking the guy that plays Jesus, tell us about uh, what you have new over there at the biblical theme park. And he said, well, we just opened up a wax museum. <laughs> now, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, that is really necessary. Now, you know, if you're if you're going to do some soul winning and you want to really help people, what you need to do is open up a wax museum. Yeah, that that is very very necessary. Uh, they don't care how they spend your money. Oh, they need money to preach the gospel. Oh, they've they've got to have millions. They're probably, they're worth over a billion dollars. How much money does it take to preach the gospel? Uh, I could stand out on a street corner and preach the gospel. That doesn't cost anything. Um, I can go to the nursing home and preach the gospel. That doesn't cost anything. I can go on YouTube and preach the gospel. That doesn't cost anything except I have to have Internet access. And uh, But, oh, I can do that. I, I can reach thousands of people. It doesn't cost me anything. Uh, yes, it does cost money in some situations to preach the gospel. So that's fine. If you want to support that, that's fine. But... Uh, why should we have to be supporting a wax museum? Oh, dear. No, that I couldn't believe. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe that. But um, there was a, a preacher that was on uh, the other night. I happened to be scanning the channels and saw uh, this, calls himself Bishop George Bloomer. Now, he was on uh, TBN, and, 
and um, he was telling everyone that he had recently had a nervous breakdown. And now this is one of these famous preachers with he's, I don't know, T.D. Jakes or Eddie Long is his spiritual father or something like that. And uh, he pimps people, yes. I mean, he was one of those that he sells miracles uh, for seed faith gifts. And uh, so he has a nervous breakdown. Now he's trying to figure out why he had a nervous breakdown. He was taking Prozac, and then he's, he's telling people that it got so bad he had to crush up the Prozac and he had to snort them. Well, uh, I'm I'm kind of yelling at the TV like George. I know why you're having a nervous breakdown. It's like I, I told you before about Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, and you can go and read that story in the Old Testament where he lost his mind because he didn't obey God and he wound up uh, crawling on all fours like an animal. And God will try to get your attention. And you think that God sat him down and was trying to get this man's attention, and yet, no, it, he didn't change. He didn't change. He was, he was on the program, and uh, the host, all the host was doing was flattering him, and uh, whenever he would make a comment, some some kind of comment that sounded spiritual, the host would say, oh, Bishop, oh, Bishop, that's just wonderful. And I'm thinking, like, why doesn't he just call him George? He's, he's keeps calling him Bishop. And if anybody has to have a title, if they insist, that they have to have a title, that that's nothing but pride. Why can't you call, uh, I don't care if you call me by my first name. That's who I am. I'm Susan. Why should anybody be opposed to you calling them by their first name and demand that you call them by a title? That's ridiculous. Just You have to come back down to earth and remember, you're nothing. If it wasn't for Jesus, you would still be nothing. It's only because of him that we're anything. It's only because of Jesus. So this doesn't make us anything uh, special. And uh, I'm thinking, this guy, he went through literal torture. Imagine this man having a nervous breakdown, getting a divorce, uh, winding up snorting Prozac, and he still didn't get it. And, And it's just like Marilyn Hickey when she had her nervous breakdown. She still didn't get it because she went back and and she was still selling miracles and selling blessings, and uh, they don't stop what they're doing. I I don't understand that. I'm thinking why. Maybe some of these people really knew God at one time. Maybe some of them still love God. Why don't they get it? Why can't they see what they're doing and try to make a change? Why can't we see more repentance and more people? You know, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Why don't we see more pure hearts for just preaching the gospel, just because we love God and we want to help people? Because we remember what Jesus Christ did for us. We remember when we were lost and we didn't have God and what he did for us. Do we remember that? Yes, we remember it. We can't forget it. And so... We want to tell people the good news. And the good news is you must be born again. You must be born again. You must repent of your sins. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save your life. Ask him. He loves you. i got to go. But tune in next week, okay? It was a blessing. Bye-bye. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above Oh, I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Oh, I'm going to a city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there
on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there I'm going to a city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be 